Thanks for watching today at wildwoodchurch.com. Now here's today's message. Thanks for being here with us this evening. Uh, what, a, what a beautiful congregation this evening. Thanks for being here. It's, uh, this is my favorite service of the whole year. Maybe, maybe Easter, but this is up there, uh, at least second favorite. And this is my favorite time of year, uh, Christmas, and, and I love that we're preaching our favorite passages. That's what we've done for the last four weeks is each of the pastors has gone through and preached their favorite passage. You know, our task as pastors each Christmas time is to tell the same story, the greatest story ever told, to tell it over and over again and tell it in a fresh new way. And I think of it like a diamond. You know, uh, diamonds are a girl's best friend, right? And, you know, I, ladies, I bet you that you don't get tired of looking at your diamond rings. I, I bet that when you look at your, your marriage band and you think, well, man, it's been 30 years since he put this on my finger, and I don't get tired of it. Because every time you turn just a slightly different angle, is a, there's a different view. There's, there's a different beauty and majesty to it. And the same is true about the Christmas story. The, the task of the pastor at Christmas time is to just turn the diamond just a little bit and say, see, afresh, the most majestic story ever told. To imagine that God would put on flesh and would come to us in the form of a baby and that he spent his first night in a feed trough among the livestock. That is nearly too much for us to comprehend. No one would ever make this up. If we ever made up a great hero, uh, hero tale, uh, we would never say that the God came down in the form of a baby and there was no place for him, and so he had to be put into a feed trough and be born in a barn. But in his condescension, the Lord did not stop there. Instead, he made the angelic birth announcement, not to the most famous YouTubers, and social media influencers, but rather to the lowliest of lows, a motley crew of men called shepherds. And so beside the word becoming flesh, the story in John chapter one, which I preached a couple weeks ago, beside that story, this is my favorite Christmas story. So let's take a look. Turn your Bibles, if you have one, with you. And if you don't, there's some in the chairs in front of you. Turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 12. Luke chapter 2, verse 8 through 12. While you're turning there, let me read. It says, In the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the, angel of the, and the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Let's pray. Jesus, what a fantastic opportunity to turn the diamond just a little bit. I pray that you fill us with awe and wonder as we ponder 
the greatest story ever told. God became flesh, and he was born in a manger. Lord, I pray that we would glorify you tonight and tomorrow and for the rest of our days. In Jesus' name, amen. Verse 8 says, In the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. These were simple men working the, nights, uh, the night shift, caring for livestock. They were minding their own business. There was nothing special about the night, and there was nothing special about them. Verse 9 says, And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. The glory of God appears with the angel of the Lord. Perhaps this is Gabriel. The text doesn't tell us. But Gabriel was the one who also visited Zechariah to tell the birth announcement of John and the birth announcement to Mary. And he said in Luke 1.19, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. We don't know if God sent Gabriel again to the shepherds or not. But regardless, what we do know is that these angels are sent from the very presence of God with the message from him. Luke records that they were filled with great fear. You know, every time an angel appears to a man, no matter how strong he is or rich he is or, or whatever means he has, when an angel of the Lord appears to a man in the Bible, the men respond in fear and awe. And I can promise you that if an angel appeared to you tonight, that your response would be fear and awe. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. He says, fear not. That's the first thing that he wants to do. He wants to deal with their emotion of fear. They're terrified. Everything at night is more terrifying. But the time of darkness is over. That's why, that's why we do candlelight service at night. Because what we are celebrating is light coming into the darkness. And it loses its feel just a little bit when it's daytime when you walk in and it's daytime when you walk out. We can control the lights a little bit in here. But this is the point. Light has come into the darkness. There's no reason for us to fear any longer. John records Jesus' entry into the world this way. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Now that evokes the Old Testament prophecy in Psalm 27.1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. And because the Lord is my light and my salvation, it begs the question, who shall I fear? If God is for us, who can be against us? If the light has come into the darkness, then we know that there is no reason for us to fear. The angel says, I bring you good news of great joy. Now that good news is literally evangelion, the gospel. The angels, ready? The angels were evangelists. They were messengers sent with the good news of Jesus Christ. And they were sent to take the message, the gospel, specifically to the shepherds because this is a message, they say, that will be for all the people. Shepherds were the least in society. They were abandoned to the livestock, and these men were abandoned to the livestock at night. These were far from social influencers. And this is the good news of great joy, verse 11 and 12. 
For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Now listen, you have come here tonight perhaps for the first time. It is a delight to be able to meet you and to shake your hand. And maybe I haven't even seen. There are so many of you that have come here tonight for the very first time. You've come here to sing songs You've come here to feel the the Christmas vibe. You've come to light a candle. You've come to watch your child or grandchild or your niece or, or your nephew sing a song, and you've come to be blessed by that. You've come to feel the Christmas feels. Have we have we done okay so far? All right, so don't lose it just yet, Brian. Don't lose it. Because so far we're doing okay. You guys, Andrew, I realize you are like, here's the image. You're like the the Magnum, the Dodge Magnum station wagon with a Hemi in it <laughs> that the soccer mom drives. You're like, you're like unassuming, you know, on Sunday morning, you're just up, you know, you do a wonderful job, a beautiful job, beautiful voice every Sunday. And you're, but you're like that Magnum, you know, you, you know, you see, it, you see, it's a station wagon until you hit the gas and you realize that guy's got pipes. <laughs> right, Andrew? You're a blessing, man. So, You've come here for Andrew's Pipes. You've come here for the, for, the, for the kids, and we've got like, what, three, four songs left for the, for the kids to sing, and the candlelights, and all, this, all of this stuff. You've come here to do that. But here's the reality. This occasion is about worshiping Christ the King, who is God in the flesh, and he was laid in a manger, and he stepped out of heaven for you and me. I want you to let this sink in in a fresh and new way. The baby in the manger is the savior of the world. Four weeks ago, I spoke about the baby in the manger being the creator of the world, God in the flesh, divine incarnate. And now I'm telling you that the baby in the manger is the savior, that he came to save us. From what? You know, I was having dinner last night with a a couple from our church, and she noted, unless you recognize that you need salvation, then you don't see Jesus as Savior. You see, prerequisite to seeing Jesus as Savior is seeing your need for salvation. From what do you need to be saved? Well, if you could ask the disciples in Jesus' day, or you could ask the people in Jerusalem on Palm Sunday as they laid down their palm leaves and cried out, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, which means save us now. If you could ask those people what it was that, he, that they thought Messiah was coming to save them from, you'd get a political answer from Rome. But Jesus' salvation is not political, it's soteriological, meaning that Jesus came to save us, not from our enemies, but from our sin. If Jesus had come to bring political salvation, if he had come to liberate the people of Jerusalem from Rome, 
that would have been good news of great joy for the people of Jerusalem, for the people of Israel. But what would that have been for you and I today? At best, irrelevant. But no, this message of good news of great joy will be for all the people, all without distinction, all kinds of people, young and old, every tribe, tongue, nation of all time, the good news of great joy. The angel declared to them that he was bringing good news of great joy that would be for all the people, people from every age, every period in history, every ethnicity, every social class. Again, who did he go to? Who did the angels go to to announce the birth of Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world? He went to the least of these so that the message would start from the bottom and work its way up. And it is good news precisely because Jesus' salvation is not political but soteriological, meaning that he came to save us from our sin. Just as the angel told Joseph, she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. This is what his name means. God saves. God saves saves sinners. Perfect people need not apply. Why? Because there's not any in existence. God saves sinners. He came to give his life. He came to die in our place and he came to rise from the dead. At Wildwood Church, we will never talk about the baby in the manger and not point to the cross of Christ. Because that baby in the manger, though he might not be a threat to your kingdom today, on Christmas, that baby in the manger grew up to become a man. And that man is Lord. And he calls you to follow him. And he offers salvation from your sin. My question for you tonight is as you go about with all the yuletide cheer, all the sweaters, all the cookies, all the pictures, all the warm feelings with the family that that gets wrapped up in Christmas, and it's all beautiful, and I love it. And as you go about all of this, and as you look forward to the gift exchanges later tonight, and some of you are here because Grandma said, if you don't come here, then you don't get your gift. And you're thinking about your gift, but you're here right now, so tune in. And as you're thinking about the gift exchanges tonight and tomorrow and all the things, I want to ask you one question. Do you see what I see? That the baby in the manger is your Savior. Amen. We got some kids over here saying yes. Yes. That's not a sentimental question. Listen, you've come here. Someone invited, someone loved you and invited you to come here. Because they knew that the gospel, the good news of great joy, would be preached tonight. And they invited you to come, and now you're here. And now you have a question. Do you see what I see? You see, what I see when I look in the manger is my savior, not a cuddly baby. 
I see my Savior who came in the form of a baby so that he could relate in every way to the struggles that I have. And my question is, do you see that? Now, once you have seen this, what ought you to do about it? Well, let's read on here in chapter 2, verses 15 through 20. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Two lessons as we close tonight. Two things that we can learn from these shepherds. These lowly, social rejects, the least of the least. Two things that we can learn from them. Number one, if you see what I see, go tell somebody. Go tell somebody. If this is your first time here, you've been invited, somebody went and told you. That's what they've done. Go tell somebody. The shepherds went and they told people. They were the first human evangelists, the first human missionaries. Just as the angels brought the good news of great joy, the gospel, so the shepherds went out and told people the gospel. After all, it is a message of good news of great joy for all the people. Now, you and I know that there are going to be people for whom the gospel, the good news of great joy, appears to be foolish. Don't be afraid. Love them anyway and tell them anyway. It is not our responsibility. We are not responsible for fruitfulness. We are responsible for faithfulness. It is not upon us to save people. It's upon us to tell people the gospel of salvation and pray that the Lord would save them and that they would hear just as right now I'm praying that you would hear the gospel and would be saved tonight. We are not responsible for fruitfulness. We are responsible for faithfulness. And we're entrusted with a message for all the people and to all the people it must go. And that is why Wildwood Church is committed to the vision every member a missionary, taking the gospel across the street and around the world. Are you with us? Go tell somebody. And number two, give the Lord some praise. If you see what I see, that the, the baby in the manger is the Savior, is your Savior, then give the Lord some praise. Because when you ponder, as Mary did, the birth of Christ, and when you reflect upon his life and his death on the cross and his resurrection and your great salvation, what response does that elicit from you? It ought to resist, elicit great joy and praise. How do you adequately respond to the greatest gift ever given? God giving you, his son, your salvation. What is our response? 
our response is worship, praise, glorifying God. Hey, thanks so much for watching online. I hope that this message has inspired you to greater faith, has encouraged you, maybe convicted or challenged you. We're grateful to be able to provide this content to you online, live and on demand. If you haven't done so already, follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook, subscribe to us on YouTube so that we can get this content right to you as soon as we upload it. But you know, we believe that as a follower of Jesus Christ, that you need the body of Christ. You need the local church. And so if you're in the Quad Cities, let me invite you to personally join us in person for our gatherings on Sundays at 9 a.m. and 1040. If you're not in the Quad Cities, I want to encourage you to go find a local church that teaches the Bible, that serves the community, that loves Jesus, that gives grace. Well, hey, thanks again for watching, and we hope that you were blessed.